You there? Yeah, can you hear me? Yep, I got you now. That's my friend Richard. We have a recent history of talking on the phone about his love life. So Richard showed up in an episode called Boy Talk, and if you haven't listened to that episode yet, I suggest you do that. So just go review all of that quickly. Done. Hi. Welcome to the episode. The last time I talked to Richard on the phone, things were very different. First off, we weren't in the middle of a global pandemic. But pandemic or no pandemic, Richard is still a baker. I'm baking way too much. I make it bread like crazy. I'm, you know, making soups and we're eating perfectly. I mean, too much. Too much. <laughs> Second, he's not in New York City right now. He's temporarily living in the Catskills. And he's not there alone. Joel, who you may remember from our Boy Talk episode, is living with Richard. This is now our home. Like an old 1950s grandparents kind of house. We're at my grandpa's house. We have plenty of food. I mean, we're fully set. The cats absolutely love it up here. They just look at birds all day in the window. And probably the biggest change of all is the last time I talked to Richard on the phone, he was still a bachelor. And now he's a married man. What we're considering, we were talking about this, is this is technically our, this is our honeymoon. A pandemic honeymoon, but a honeymoon nonetheless. This is Mark Pagan, and you're listening to Other Men Need to Try Richard's Bread. I recommend the sourdough. It's phenomenal. All right, I want us all to go back to a simpler time, and we actually don't need to go back that far. We're just going to scoot to a few months ago. It was a different time. Hugs were plentiful. Hand-washing was optional, and a summer day offered the possibility of huddling closely with other people around a stoop sale. Lead producer Caitlin and I made our way to Joel's apartment building in Brooklyn because Joel was about to move in with Richard. They've already drawn a crowd. Amazing. I know we're getting the very end, but I think that Richard is just like charming the pants off of everyone on the street. We just sold out Harry Potter. So you have to take the Harry Potters. Because you're the wizard. Thank you. I want to give you a Good to see you. Oh my goodness, you too. I'll take one. You're really sure you can live without the whole Greta Garbo collection? It's fantastic. There was a bunch of cool stuff out there. You know, as you heard, there was some Greta Garbo DVDs, which I ended up taking. This one, Queen Christina? No, you... Anna Christie's not good. You want to best, best opening line. What's the, what's the opening line? Uh, give, me a, uh, give me a whiskey, baby. Ginger ale on the side. Don't be stingy. <laughs> <laughs> and tons of era-specific vinyl. Now, here's a strange story. When I came out to my two older brothers, very late in life, they were not surprised that I was gay. That was like in the fall, in Christmas. At Christmas time, both of them gave me boxed sets of Barbara Streisand music. And I 
cannot stand listening to Barbara Streisand. But it was just, that's what they thought they needed to do. Yeah, like, this, is, this is how we're going to connect with, with you coming out. Uh, <laughs> I love you. We're now speaking the language of your people. Richard took us upstairs and showed us around Joel's place. A three-floor walk-up does me in every time, whether I'm going up or down. Joe got it down. Doesn't matter. Hmm. He's got it. These have been well-heeled stairs. This is the apartment that he's had for 45 years. He's been living here for 45 45. Years. Him and his partner, uh, his husband, lived here together. His husband was an artist and did all of these paintings and all of this furniture. Oh, I like this place. And I was like, oh, this is who Joel is. Yeah, he was Joel the performer and playwright. I, I didn't know that about him. These posters up here are from every one of his shows that's been produced. This was a big one that played off Broadway. Have I Got a Girl for You? <laughs> the Bride of Frankenstein musical. Then Last Chance for Happiness and Goodbye Already are both based on his family's summers in bungalow colonies in Monticello, like dirty dancing places. So I can't believe that's Joel up there. That's Joel. He was handsome. Yeah. He still is handsome. Yeah. He still is handsome. When did he give up the mustache? Gave up the mustache when he was just turning 60. He said, you know, it was time to grow up. You know, even though there was still tons of stuff in the apartment, there was a lot that was apparently getting sold or donated. But there were a few things going back to Richard's house that Joel said were not up for debate. The first line Joel said when we sat down at the diner was, um, listen, I got to let you know right off the bat, I have two cats. If that's a deal breaker, we could just walk our separate ways. I said, no, that's fine. He said, listen, you should know everything right up front. I am a Judy Garland, Ethel Merman-loving faggot with a lifelong subscription to a figure skating magazine, and I ain't getting rid of any of that. So that's why we needed the cable TV, too. He needed the figure skating channel. So we... We, we did it. I want to get this timing right. I think Richard and Joel started dating around summer or fall, and then within a year, we're engaged. And I found out because Richard told a story about it on stage, as he's prone to do. I, I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. I wasn't surprised. Was I surprised? I don't think I was surprised. I don't know. <laughs> it was great news. It was good, good news. I was just wondering when it was going to happen. And he said, winter. That's great. That's soon. Sunday, January 19th at Housing Works. We are all paid up for the space. We made a very big decision to go into debt. <laughs> We're, we can't afford this wedding, but we don't. We're, we're doing it. We're doing it anyway. Joe is really good. He's been married before, right? And he said to me, "You haven't been." And so, let's you, have a party. He said, you know, "Let's just yeah. do it." My niece is going to officiate. Oh, Beautiful nice. thing. His Where niece is she, was, is she local? Yes, she's local. All right. He has a wonderful relationship with his so my, adult niece and my, her son. And so there was this stoop sale, moving trucks days away, and a wedding just around the corner. Good luck with the rest of this today. Well, this is it. We're this is it. I'll email you tomorrow. Okay. I'll give you a okay, sweetie. Take, care. Take the Barbara Streisand. It's yours. 
you need it so badly. Just take it. How lucky are all of us tonight? We have the great joy of celebrating the love and marriage of Joel and Richard. Winter, specifically January 19th, 2020, Richard and Joel had a very, very special party. Richard, I take you to be my partner in life. I promise to be your lover, companion, and friend as long as we live. And at our age, I guess that's not much of a commitment. (laughs) I was smitten the minute you walked into the coffee shop, sweaty and out of breath, after I have given you the wrong directions. And after we met, I thought of canceling two other dates I had that week. Of course I didn't. but I knew in my soul that you were the one, and loving you has been the easiest thing of my life. You and Peter Diffley shared a life of activism and hospitality, and I promise to honor that spirit of Peter. In sickness and health and triumph and failure, I will be there for you. I'll be by your side, even with walkers, (laughs) wherever the journey takes us, and I will love you until the day my heart goes still. Joel, I never expected that a quick coffee at the Waverly Diner on 6th Avenue would have changed my life. It did. Only moments after we parted on that momentous day, I already knew that something special was happening, and I was literally giddy with excitement about where this would lead. And today, as I stand in front of you, I know how very blessed I am. And I am so excited that today I get to call you my husband. You have opened up new worlds to me and given me a refreshing and joyous perspective on my life and on our life together. You have graced me with unconditional love, loyalty, joy, and so much humor. You are a marvel to me, and I love loving you. You are one of the most creative humans I know. Your capacity to imagine the unimaginable and then make it reality has been infectious. One of the first and easiest tasks you had in guiding me towards believing in the unimaginable was when you first shared your latest play and I became convinced that yes, aliens can turn into alligators when sexually aroused. (laughs) I now believe in so many other things that were unimaginable for way too long, that I can share my love openly and be loved unconditionally that I am a better person because of you, that we can make a difference in the world when we raise our voices through activism, that it's much more productive and powerful to forego a life of struggle and blind duty and embrace a life of whimsy, inspiration, and joy, that our love for each other will always be ageless. I am in awe that your relationship with your late husband, Herman Arnhold, endured in good times and hard times for 35 years. You both were aware of your responsibility toward each other. I promise to nurture and develop that sense of responsibility 
to you and to us. I'm promised to support you in your passions always and be your biggest fan in all your creative endeavors. And I promise to love you with all of my heart. I have always given you my hand to hold. Today, I now give you my life to keep. By the powers vested in me by the state of New York, I pronounce you married. You may seal your vow with a kiss. I'd like to ask for everyone's undivided attention as there are a few people that want to share some thoughts and sentiments about the newlyweds. Joel had a number of collaborations in his life, his award-winning cabaret act, his off-foot Broadway musical, but I dare say this may be the best and most fun-filled collaboration of all. Hi, my name is Oliver. Let's get everybody else's mumbo-jumbo speeches out of play because it's my time and my speech is the most important. Thank you. I've watched Rich care for Joel and be so nice to him. Don't tell Joel, but his cooking has greatly improved since he's been cooking with Rich. And for those of you who know Rich, you also know he has the habit of saying, you are the best. I think Joel and Rich were always meant to be together. So it was only destiny for them to meet. Marriage may not always be as smooth as it should be, but there's two pieces of advice I'd like to give, and that is to listen. Listen to each other and laugh. So without further ado, please raise your glass. Uh, thank you all for coming here and celebrating. Thank you for everybody being here today. And we really believe that what is keeping our relationship going is the love we've received from all of you that fed our love. So thank you to all of everyone here. And just a few months later, the world has completely changed. And yet Richard and Joel are seemingly spending their weeks doing what they'd most likely be doing anyway. I have to think of like, what flowers can we plant that won't be eaten by woodchucks? I mean, never, <laughs> never in my life could I ever think that would happen. See, your life is uh, change. And mine has too, because I'll sit in front of the TV at night and I'll say, okay, so we have a decision to make. All the DVD library you have are we going to watch Unsinkable Molly Brown, Little Abner, Sound of Music, or The King and I. <laughs> it's like Broadway musical after Broadway musical. <laughs> Richard's had this property for a long time, and he used to come up here with his late partner, Peter. I know he stayed up here on his own since Peter died. I know he's done a lot of things on his own since Peter died. Have you had a, like a parallel universe thought about if you were single during this time, like what you would have done? Uh, oh, I haven't stopped thinking about that. And I say it every night right before we go to bed. I don't think I could have survived this, you know, psychically, you know, emotionally. I don't think I could have done this without Joe. How does it feel to be married again? Same. It feels great. It really is just so easy. I tell you, you know, it, it's like this newfound, we can get through this. I mean, I, I'm just learning from Joe every day about being calm, being patient, taking my time with things. 
When I reached out to Richard in late March, I was relieved to hear that Joel and him were healthy, out of town, had no problems with their cable TV connection. I was relieved just to hear them talk at all. And it's so nice just to continue to live in their story and continue to share it with all of you. If people were to listen to us right now and, you know, I guess with the context of what's happening in the world and with people listening to your love story and the stories of each of you, what would you tell all of us now? I'm just so grateful that I fell in love. Yeah, it just makes the difference. It made all the difference to get through this time together. Love made the difference. I mean, when I look at the trail that got us to the love, I mean, after your relationship of 35 years and mine of 18 and going through struggles with those things and tough, tough times and finally being so lonely that we didn't think we were going to find each other. And then we found each other. There's hope. There's hope. Well, it's really, really, really lovely to talk to you guys. I wish I could say I'll, I'll see you soon, but I I hope soon, relatively soon, I, I can say I'll tell you. We will see each other by and by. <laughs> yes, by and by. Please be safe. We will. Okay. You too. Bye-bye. Take care now. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's give another big round of applause to Rich and Joel as they take the floor and perform their first dance. Here I go again. I hear those trumpets blow again. All aglow again. Taking a chance on love. Here I slot again. About to take that ride. This episode was produced and hosted by me, Mark Bagan, lead producer Caitlin May Burke, and producers Ben Goldberg and Rebecca Seidel. Our intern is Sochil Tapia, and the mixing, engineering, the making of the sounds was done by Ben, Rebecca, and myself. Our Boy Talk illustrations were done by Iga Zhebek. Extra music in this episode came from Blue Dot Sessions. If you're new to the show, welcome. You have a few seasons and tons of bonus episodes that you can sit and listen to at your leisure. We recommend you do that. If you want to support the show, we are an independent podcast. You can help us by going to patreon.com slash other men need help. And for as little as, let's say, five bucks a month, five bucks a month, you get access to a bonus episode each season, weekly emails from us, live events, tickets. <laughs> we're here. We're, we're excited. Help us build the next season. Our season is coming very soon. So keep an eye on the feed. We promise you it is nearing completion. We will bring it to you as soon as we can. In the meantime, we hope that everybody is healthy and safe. And we hope this episode is 
a nice bright spot in the midst of uncertainty. We're all in this together, and uh, we wish you love and tons of support. Until next time. Adios. Ciao, ciao. Bye. And there's one thing before we eat tonight. So if you could just, it's a little bit of a surprise. So <laughs> if you could just stand right there. <laughs> it was actually on our first date at the Waverly Diner. We finished. I was a nervous wreck because I was late for the date. I was sweating like crazy. Joel finally said, don't worry, I like sweat. So that felt good. And then I felt even guiltier because I feel guilty about everything in life. But I felt even guiltier that we were there for like three hours using up their real estate and they wanted to use that counter for or that booth for somebody else so but we kept talking and finally we decided end of that first date we promised each other we were going to see each other again but at the end of the date he said richard you have to know i am an ethel merman judy garland loving queen so deal with it and i did deal but I did learn how to love Ethel Merman with him. And we listened to those loud things coming out from Ethel Merman. One of the things that I did find out was Ethel Merman had only one ballad in all of her Broadway hits. And it was in Annie Get Your Gun. And it was a ballad that Annie Oakley, the role she played, sung to a man who just, she got lost in his arms. And I couldn't think of a better way to celebrate Joel tonight than to sing that song to you. And he'll put up with me because he knows I sing off key all the time. Don't ask me just how it happened. I wish I knew. I can't believe that it happened. And yet it's true. I got lost in his arms and I had to stay. It was dark in his arms and I lost my way. From the dark came a voice and it seemed to say, there you go, there you go. How it felt as I fell, I just can't recall, but his arms held me fast, and it broke a fall, and I said to my heart as it flew.